Hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome. If you're a new visitor and if it's your first time with us, thanks so much for uh, being with us. We're just really, really grateful that you're here. To those of you who are watching online, wherever you're at, there's a lot of you watching. Thanks for being part of our community this morning. And we're just grateful that uh, you're worshiping with us uh, wherever you are. We invite you to put your distractions aside and uh, focus on what God might be saying to us this morning. So it's a football game later today, the Super Bowl. And I was reading a story about this guy. Uh, he went to the Super Bowl in person for the first time last year. And, you know, he was excited for this. Like, he'd waited his whole life for this moment. He took his best friend. He gets there, and uh, there was an empty seat. Like, you know, and it was, like, partway through the first quarter. And he thought, it's really weird to have an empty seat at the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, you, these tickets are expensive, and, you know, you usually plan, like, vacations and travel and all this stuff. So... He asked the guy next to the empty seat, he says, hey, what do you know about this uh, seat? It's kind of strange that it's empty. And the man replied, he says, well, it's uh, my wife and I have come to the Super Bowl for the last, like, 25 years together, and it's just the thing we do every year. And she, uh, you know, died this year. And um, so the guy who was at the Super Bowl for the first time, he looked over and said, well, I mean, did you think about, like, any other friends or other people you could have brought? And he says, yeah, I, I did think about that, but they're all at the funeral. <laughs> yeah. So welcome to Water's Edge, where uh, the pastor tells corny jokes, and we have very questionable judging on the chili feed. Um, those of you online, this is who we are. So we're finishing a series today, and I want us to think about where we've been. Um, we're really looking, you know, like, we want to we wanna grow. Uh, you know, practice makes progress. We're not seeking perfection here. What we're doing is we're seeking progress in life. And, you know, just go back and think about, like, what would our life look like if, you know, we, we want to grow as Christians. Like, we want to grow in this area of our life. And, you know, that's why we have classes. That's why we have groups. We want to connect with others. Uh, Paul tells us that we bear each other's burdens and, you know, fulfill the law of Christ. Others can teach us, encourage us support us. Others make our life better, but we have to be connected for that to happen. Prayer was one of the things we looked at. You cannot have a relationship without conversation, and prayer is conversation with God. The conversation involves uh, both speaking and listening. We looked at what it means to, to serve. Uh, service is, is the heartbeat of Christianity. It's putting our faith into action, and today we're going to look at uh, inviting. I been reading the Gospels this week, and I've just been looking for all the times that Jesus was inviting people, and he just, he, he did so much of this. So I've used a, a variation of this really throughout our history, um, and I've kind of expanded it, and I want to have us take a look at this. We most look like Jesus when we give. So Jesus himself says, uh, I gave my life, and he didn't just say it, he did it. Uh, he gave his life as a ransom for, for many. We most look like Jesus when we serve, and we just talked about that. Jesus didn't uh, come to be served. He came to serve. Uh, we most look like Jesus when we forgive. You know, so Jesus, he came to seek and, and forgive us of our sins, and forgiveness is the high point. It's the center point. It is, it is the heart of the gospel. And I also believe now that we look most like Jesus when we invite uh, we're going to look at a number of invitations that Jesus makes. We are followers of Jesus. We're at our absolute best when we think and speak and act like Jesus. 
one of the things that Jesus did was invite, and uh, as followers of Jesus, we get to make those invitations as well. So the first uh, invitation that I'm going to look at this morning is Jesus invites us to experience rest. So let's just do a quick poll here. Is there anyone here this morning that's just tired? Yeah, so there's a lot of us that are, and some of you are so tired you can't even raise your hand. And <laughs> then, there, But you know there's actually two different types of tired. There's like sleepy tired, and then there's the other type of tired. Do you all know about the other type of tired? And uh, Some of you are both those tired. Some of you are one of those tireds. And tired is not God's plan for your life. So, so Jesus makes an invitation. He says, come to me. Like, I invite you to come to me, all of you who are weary, like everyone who raised your hand, those who were too tired to raise your hand, those who were too embarrassed to raise your hand, those of you who were zoning out and wasn't listening to what I was saying, you didn't know what people were raising their hand about, and like, all of you, like, uh, the weary, and you carry heavy burdens, and there's some people here that you got a lot of responsibility on your shoulders. You know, your uh, many days, your responsibilities, you just feel exceed your resources, and you don't know how it's going to quite work out at the end of the day. Like, to all of us, to all of us who are tired, to all of us who carry heavy burdens, uh, I will give you what? I'll give you rest. So I'm from northwest Iowa. Um, I would say the biggest business, but really, like, in some places, the only business is agriculture, like where I'm specifically from. It's that black soil. It's the richest soil in the world. Like, the farmers don't even have to irrigate. Uh, so there's two crops that are grown in Pocahontas County, where I'm from. Uh, you grow beans or you grow corn, because that's the two crops you make the most money at. Now, you grow corn one year in a field, and then the next year you can't grow corn again. The field has to rest, so you put beans in there. Now, corn is going to suck the nutrients out of the soil, but the beans, the legumes, actually take the nitrogen out of the air and they convert it back into the soil. So the beans actually uh, make the soil richer. But, I mean, you make more money off corn, but you can't grow corn every year because you would eventually run out of the nutrients and your soil would be worthless at that point. So, like, the earth rests. It's like if you're a bear, like, this time of year, what are you doing? You're sleeping. And you've been sleeping for, like, a long time, and you're going to sleep a long time more. So the bear rests because... Uh, the bear works really hard when, like, you know, you got, like, six months out of the year to, like, get all your food. So, like, the bear rests. Now, I want you to think about this. Every single part of God's creation has rest figured out. Like, the plants and the, 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 the streams and the animals, they all got it figured out. Like, why should then we as people be any different than any other part of God's creation? Like, some of us are wearing busyness and tired as uh, a badge of honor, like, you know, we're important because uh, you were busy and we're extended. And, and Jesus says to all of you, like, who are tired and you carry heavy burdens, come to me and I'll give you rest. Rest is not a reward when you're finished with your work. Rest is a discipline that allows you to be more uh, whole and creative and uh, productive. You're not at your best when you're tired and busy, so Jesus invites us to rest. The next thing that Jesus invites us to is he invites us to connect to him. So I want to go to John chapter 15, and this is really like the high point of John, like 13, 14, and 15. 
He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Another translation would be abide. Um, I, I really like the word dwell here. Uh, what it means is like we're just fully present with, like we're, we're dwelling there, but whatever word it is, uh, remain in me and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot produce fruit unless you remain in me. So Jesus advised us to connect with him. And I was thinking about this, and I have never once in my life uh, regretted connecting with Jesus. Never once. I've never said a prayer, and I thought that was a waste of time. I've never read the scriptures and said that was totally pointless. I've never, you know, followed Jesus closely, like through words or actions, and ever regretted those words or those actions. There's been some times I've tried it on my own, and it didn't work out so well. But, like, he, he's, like, he's so connectable. You know, so, like, we have, uh, you know, Sam and Leander up here celebrating this, you know, how do you make, did you make gumbo? Was that what you made? How do you make gumbo and win a chili cook-off? <laughs> like, I'm going to make Swedish meatballs next year, and maybe I'll win. Like, <sighs> so, you know, they got the cute kid. They got Nolan. He's almost two years old. And then there's me and Morgan. They're like four or five months old or whatever they are. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, I've been here for 18 years. I mean, I, I guess I got these stories about the golf I play with those two retired guys in the summer or, you know, David occasionally has a little lacrosse thing I can tell. And, and I have totally, I have no more sausage metaphors I can relate to the gospel. <laughs> so I want to show you what Amber and I did last week. All right, so that's Helga. Um, you'll get to know her over the next 10 years because that's like my new way that I can tell sermon illustrations now. Um, <laughs> But the other night, it was really cool. Um, we were, you know, it's, having a puppy is like having a baby. It's not like having twins, I'm guessing, but it's like having a baby. And yeah, Amber's like, can we get two of them? I said, no. <laughs> you get one. But I was like laying on the couch, and I was trying to shut things down. It's about 11 o'clock. And um, so she's nine weeks old. She's 18 pounds. There's going to be days she's 150 pounds, but I'm going to just enjoy her at like 19 pounds right now. And at uh, eight or nine weeks old, she can actually get up onto her ottoman already. So she climbed up onto the ottoman, and I'm not going to fight it at this point. I was tired, and, like, she just came up and, like, just laid right next to me, like this little, you know, eight- or nine-week-old puppy, and, you know, I was petting her. And then I was thinking, like, this is, like, where she should be, like, right by her daddy. But then I thought, like, for all of us, um, you know, to be connected with our daddy with that type of dependence, um, you know, that type of, like, solidarity, that type of trust. Wouldn't it be cool if, like, we found ourselves in that connection, like, multiple times, not per day, multiple times per hour, you know, just fully dependent upon the God who loves us and has, has created us. So Lika, Lisa Turker says, uh, God's presence is not like an occasional visitation, but a constant habitation in the lives of those who, who trust in Jesus. And we put it in the prayer path uh, last, late last summer and early uh, last fall. And it's going to look a whole lot different this year. We're going to do plants and benches and, and trees. And one of the things hopefully we're going to get done this year is uh, the people I've been working on it with, we came up with the idea to plant a grape arbor. And we're going to do that on the hill on the way up to the cross. And 
So there's obvious symbols of, of the grapes here. It's the forgiveness of sin. But I want you to think about like what that grape arbor might look like. I mean, there's going to be a storm one day, and there's going to be a branch that becomes disconnected you know, from the vine. And what's going to happen to that branch? It's, it's, it's going to die because it's been cut off from its life source. If you go on and read in John, uh, the text says, apart from God, you can do nothing. I thought I, I did a Greek study on the word nothing. Uh, do you know what nothing means in Greek? Like in, in English, it, mean, it means nothing. Like you're just trying, you can do nothing, like apart from God. We can't, so like what Jesus is saying is like we can't do God's work without God. So what we do is we accept his invitation to connect to him. Next is Jesus invites us to follow him. Uh, he invites us to, to follow him. So follow him, do you know what that means? It means you're, you're not in front of him, like you're behind him, yeah, beside him, like, you know, offering advice or suggestions, like you're actually behind him, following him. And I love this text. It's Mark 8, uh, 34 through 37. Then calling the crowd to join the disciples, and so he's talking to a lot of people here, not just the 12, but to the masses. He said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. You know, so that means we're going to have to you know, say no to some things that we're currently saying yes to. Um, we take up the cross and we follow him. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. And like biology tells us, that one's true. Uh, if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. We're justified. We're saved by grace through faith. Um, and then he, he, he asks a question here. Now, Jesus asks a lot of questions. This, to me, is the best, most poignant question that Jesus ever asked. Like, just look, listen to this one. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? You know, he, he invites us to follow him so we can be in a relationship with him now and a relationship with him forever. Now, sometimes it's... Uh, it's a challenge to follow Jesus. It's not easy, especially in the year 2024, especially like in our affluent society here in the United States. Sometimes it takes work. It really does. You know, so Benjamin moved to Washington, D.C., my oldest son. He's 22, and uh, he moved in late November, and we were packing up for a few days. I had borrowed a friend's truck. I had read a U-Haul that I pulled behind the truck, and he drove his car out there, and it took us a couple of days to, we're not very organized at the Finisted household. Uh, it took us a couple of days to get everything, you know, ready. And so when we were pretty much ready, I pulled out, or I backed out of the driveway and I was just on the street and, you know, Benjamin was inside and this neighbor, she was, uh, she was at the first service. Um, she lives two houses up the street from us. Uh, she came out and she said, hey, is, uh, you guys must be leaving. I said, yep, we're leaving. And she says, well, I want to pray for y'all. And I said, well, Benny will be back on in a second. So I talked to her for a little bit. And um, Benny came out, and, like, all three of us joined hands. Uh, and I remember, like, she just, you know, she watched. I mean, she's known him since he'd been four years old. Like, he used to drive this little John Deere Gator over to the swimming pool across from our house. And, you know, she has watched him try to play basketball and fail miserably in the driveway. You know, she never saw him on the lawn. I can guarantee you that one. Um, <laughs> But uh, she just offered this beautiful, heartfelt prayer, and she says, you know, I've just been waiting for this moment, and I wanted to do this for y'all. 
you know, so we drive our car and I don't know, we're like in Cleveland or Indianapolis, like one of those cities up there. And um, we got to the Hampton Inn and we were done driving for the night and we uh, sat down in the little lounge. We both had a, a frozen meal. It was too late, all the restaurants were closed. And he looked at me and he says, she was looking out her window. I said, yeah, she had to be. Like, you know, we were been packing for two days and I mean, she was like looking out the window to make sure like when we left that she was gonna be there to pray. And it's like sacrifices like that. I mean, here's this 22-year-old kid and like he's kind of all alone in this big city and like so, but he knows like there was a woman who was looking out the window um, that cared enough to come down and, and pray with him. You know, sometimes to follow Jesus, you gotta look out the window. You know, sometimes to follow Jesus, you have to forgive a person that hurt you. Sometimes to uh, follow Jesus, you have to have an awkward conversation. Sometimes to follow Jesus, you have to give up like a, a self-destructive habit. Um, sometimes to follow Jesus, you gotta practice humility instead of pride. And like sometimes when we say yes to Jesus, we've got to say no to other things, but it's totally worth it to look out the window and, and then some. Next one is Jesus invites us to be uh, his witnesses. So I had lunch, uh, the guy's here today, he's a retired pastor. So Bill, you and I had lunch on, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? I don't know, that all, all the days run together. And it was Bill's birthday on uh, Thursday and we have a bunch of retired pastors around here and Bill was a Presbyterian pastor. He used to be the pastor at Dundee Presbyterian and he served churches in Florida and Ohio. And, it was his birthday Thursday, so I said, can I take you out? And he goes, no, my wife and I are going out on Thursday. And so we went out on Tuesday or Wednesday. And um, so uh, he was there on time. I was there, like, on time for me. That's five minutes late to everybody else. And um, I ordered, like, a Diet Coke, and Bill had already ordered coffee. And when I did that, he said to the waitress, he asked her name, and she gave him the name. And they said, hey, we're going to pray for you, so why don't you... Uh, just be thinking about like how we can pray for you. So we uh, ordered the food, they brought the food out, we ate. I don't know if you've ever had lunch with a preacher before, but they like to talk. And uh, you know, so I was done with my food like at like five minutes later and you know, like I was hungry by the time we left that place. And <laughs> but Bill, you remember when she came back after the restaurant, it kind of slowed down and she looked at us and she said, I want you to pray for, uh, me and my boyfriend in our relationship. Like, it's, it's a pretty tough time right now. Don't know if we're gonna make it and just pray for us. And so Bill asks, like, he says, so what's, what's your dreams in life? You remember she said she wants to just travel. She wants to see the world. I asked her, said, where do you wanna go? And she said, I wanna go to Australia. And do you notice what he did here? Like, he didn't give the four spiritual laws um, he didn't ask her if she dies right now, if she's going to go to heaven or hell. All he did was just ask some really cool questions. And can I pray for you? Um, what's your dreams? You know, he, he did tell her later that, you know, this guy over here is the pastor at the Watersheds Church, and he's got really good taste in preachers because he said, yeah, he's the best preacher in town. <laughs> and uh, right there I said, give me the check. I'm paying for this thing. And... Um, <laughs> But just think about, like, I wish you could have, I mean, to me, the biggest thing was that her demeanor totally changed. Like, when we asked her that question or when he asked her that question, 
Um, to me, she seemed preoccupied. She seemed rushed. She seemed like just almost troubled. And then like, I wish you could have seen like the light in her eyes when she was talking to us about going to Australia. Now, yeah, you invite her to come to church here. I don't know if she'll ever come. Maybe she does, maybe she doesn't. But what he did that day, what Dr. Bowers did, is he planted a seed. Now, we can't control uh, the rain. We can't control the nutrition. Um, we can't control the weather. But the seed is eventually going to sprout. And it's going to become a plant. And sometimes that's like what we do is we, we plant seeds. Like, I, I love this. So these are the last words that Jesus ever said. Like, if you read the book of Acts, it's the continuation of Luke. It's the original manuscript is just all one book. They break it up because there's four Gospels, and the first three are very similar. John's different, so it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then Acts is the next. So Acts is a continuation of Luke. Jesus has died. He's talking to the disciples who have found him. So these are the last words that Jesus ever says to them. After this, like he, he, uh, liturgical churches would say, like, this is Ascension Sunday. This is where Jesus goes to heaven. So Jesus says, and you'll be my witnesses. You know, he invites us to be his witness. You'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and, and to the ends of the earth. And let me just, like, translate this for, like, us today. Like, you'll be my witnesses everywhere, like here in Omaha, throughout Douglas and Sarpy County, throughout Nebraska, and all the way to the ends of the earth. And, you know, we had a missionary here uh, last fall. Her name was Karen Abraham, and Y'all were so generous. You gave her $42,000, and this last week, she got back to Kenya. So she sent me an email, and uh, her email was called Tooth Tales. And her first thing is she was setting up her office, or her, what do you call it, like an office, or what do you call the place where the dentist does the work? Uh, office, yeah. Um, like a laboratory or a triage or something. But uh, no, so there was this woman who was having surgery, and like, the surgeon said, like, we can't do anything, and all the stuff is up here. So, you know, Karen got in there with her, uh, with her mirrors and the suction thing, and she found out there was a wisdom tooth that was infected. And 30 minutes later, uh, you know, she had the wisdom tooth out, and then she says, like, you should have seen all the pus that came out. And I said, I didn't need that visual, Karen, and <laughs> I'm guessing you guys didn't need it either, so I just did what she did. <laughs> but I was thinking, like, like, then she got to tell the woman the story of Jesus. And like, even like your financial participation in her ministry, um, it didn't just save a life. Um, someone got to hear the witness of Jesus. You know, next week we're going to have a young couple from Indiana. They live in uh, Stavanger, Norway, where there's mi they're missionaries. You remember our goal is to have missionaries on all six continents with uh, people. And Stavanger is one of the most diverse cities in the world. It's got 180 different nationalities. Um, it's a city of about 250,000 people. It's the third largest city in Norway. And what you're going to hear is like their witness. I mean, it's also one of the most secular cities in the world. Uh, it's got one of the lowest rates of like church engagement or participation. And they're going to tell stories of like how they're, I mean, she's a, she's a potter. And like she invites people to their lives by like teaching them how to make uh, ceramics. And like it's this beautiful thing that like they're witnessing here. And I remember the person that invited me uh, to participate in the kingdom. And there was many before her, but she was the one that where it stuck. I actually was in college, and I liked her, and she invited me to a, a fellowship of uh, Christian athletes meeting. And 
I could have cared less about the fellowship and the Christian part, but I was really interested in the athlete, so I went. And she didn't show up, uh, which I, I don't know if that says more about me or her or what, but you know, I was in the, this, what they call like a huddle group in FCA. It's like what we would call our house churches for the most part. And I found it kind of awkward, like to be sharing stuff on like interpersonal levels with other guys that I only knew one of them. I mean, Drake wasn't a huge school, but um, it was big enough where you didn't know most of the people. But there was like just something that attracted me to that. And I just kept going back and back. And that was really, you know, when I became a, a, a Christian, a follower of Jesus. Um, so I, a couple years ago, I actually, uh, I found her on LinkedIn. She's married, so I, uh, you know, I didn't know what her name was. There's like some mutual connections. And I looked at her picture, and I said that was her. And I actually sent her a, a, a message on LinkedIn. I think it's the only message I've ever sent on LinkedIn that I was like the you know, person that initiated the message. And I said, hey, I want to tell you something. Um, you know, back in 1990, you invited me to... Uh, FCA, meeting at Drake, and, uh, you know, we, um, I became a pastor, and I, I started a church in Omaha, and this church does all these really, really cool things. Um, it's really an amazing place, and I just wanted to let you know that this church would not exist if it wasn't for you. So I did, not. she's like the president of some small company in Chicago, and I wasn't really expecting to hear back from her, and just within an hour or two, like, she actually called me. Um, and she just said, hey, like, thank you for this. You know, I've done well in life with my business. I don't feel I've done well, you know, with my family. And I was actually just thinking the other night, like, you know, what good have I done? And, like, to get this message from you today, like, it totally made my day. I just think about the power of that one invitation. You know, it could be like the invitation that uh, Bill made and, Maybe the, the seed never really does too much, but maybe the seed, uh, it grows, and it bears new fruit, and it multiplies, and, like, it does amazing things. You never know. Like, we just make the invitation. The harvest is up to God. So your job is a Christian witness. Our job is to share your experience with Jesus. Like, that's all we do. We can only tell our story. Like, the witness, like, if you're called into court, the only story that you can tell is the one that you saw. It's the one that you've experienced. The last one is this. Uh, Jesus invites us to be his ambassadors. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, so we are Christ's uh, ambassadors. So how does God make his appeal? Uh, Paul tells us here, God makes his appeal through us. Uh, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So I was trying to think of, like, ambassadors today. Like, there's, like, ambassadors uh, for countries. And, but I was on a, a flight once from, I was on, going from Midway to uh, Sarasota. And it was on Southwest. And um, the church I was going to go talk at was paying for the tickets. So I did that, like, $30 upgrade just because I wanted to sit by the window and I wanted to get on early. So I was, like, A4. I was, like, this is, like, the happiest I'd been for, like, three months before that. And, you know, I'm, like... I was, like, in the second row and, you know, right by the window and, you know, plenty of room. It just felt good. And then someone sat by the aisle, and that was fine. But then, like, have you ever flown on Southwest? And, like, the aisle seat's taken, you're in the window, and you got the middle seat, and you're just, like, looking at who the possibilities are that might sit by you? Like, no, I don't want her. And I don't want him either. Okay, he would be fine. I would take him. And he, like, walks by. Oh, man. 
Said this, like the last part, I was like one of the last, this made me really self-conscious. It was like, I was in like the second or third row and like everyone had like taken every seat except the one by me and I kind of like felt self-conscious. So this younger woman sits there and um, she's like doing her hair and her makeup and she's like, hey, I'm, uh, you know, what, is, uh, what, what do you do? And I, well, I'm a pastor and um, oh, that's really cool. I like that. And, uh, so then she got on Instagram, like got the phone up. Hey, everybody, we're going live. We're on our way to uh, Sarasota, Florida. Hey, I'm with my spiritual advisor, Craig. Look at him. <laughs> it's like, Craig, say hi to the people. Like, Yo, how y'all doing? <laughs> so then, like, thankfully, we took off, and she had to turn her phone off. And so I said, what do you do? And she says, well, I'm a brand ambassador. And I said, so what's a brand ambassador? And it, the flight was 90 minutes, and it took her 90 minutes to ask, answer that question. <laughs> like, so what she does, she has, I, I looked her up, she has like hundreds of thousands of like Instagram followers. And um, so, like, she's, I mean, like yoga pants or jogging pants. I guess, I guess they call them jogging pants for men and yoga pants for women, although men could do yoga and women could jog, but I mean, you know what I mean. And like, she was talking, like, she gets like 15% of all these yoga pants that she sells. And like, she was so passionate about these yoga pants that I got to my hotel room in Sarasota. The first thing I did is I opened up my computer, and I looked into buying these yoga pants. The problem is, uh, well, there's a lot of problems, and I'm not going to go into those. I did, not, <clears throat> I did not buy the pants. So I went and I talked to this church that night. And, um, but this story got to me, though, and here's why. I really wish the church was as passionate about Jesus Christ as this young woman was about these yoga pants. If we were, we would be full of people. You know, the online people would be 10 times as many. You know, I, I took that as a challenge. Like, you know, I, I've been trying to be as good of an ambassador for Jesus as she was for these yoga pants. You know, ever since I met this young woman. And uh, here, here's, what, just, here's what I want you to hear. If you hear nothing else, I mean, the sermon's almost over, but if you hear nothing else, hear this. Like, your task as Christ ambassador is to make it easy for others to believe in God. You know, so when you speak, like, every word of encouragement, every word of, uh, of forgiveness, every word of hope is going to point people to Jesus. You know, through your actions, every act of service, every act of compassion, every, every empathetic time that you've ever listened is going to make it easy for people to believe in Jesus. You know, the, the world needs Jesus. Like, I, I have absolutely no hope in any election changing anything. I believe that, that Jesus Christ is the hope and, and the Savior of the world. I believe that the kingdom of heaven is, uh, it can be and it is here today and that our final hope and our hope today even rests in him and him alone. Yeah, so the only way that the message gets out is, is through us. That's the only way it happens. I encourage all of us to, to be the witnesses and to be the ambassadors. You have to bring people to the party. So let's go to God and let us pray. Lord, uh, we, we come to you and we're uh, 
embarking on uh, the end of the series, and we have the, the journey of, of Lent in front of us. God, I pray that, um, you know, as, as we finish this one strong, that there's progress that we're going to make this year as we pray, as we serve, as we connect, as we give, as we grow, and as we invite. Lord, just progress. Lord, we want progress. We um, want you to invite us. Uh, God, and I, I just know right now, I mean, I saw the hands. Like, there's many people here who today are, are tired, and they have a lot of heavy weights on their shoulders, and or some are the sleepy kind of tired and some are the other type of tired and some are both and whatever God and whoever it is, help us to, to go to you and, and accept your invitation and, and, and receive rest. God, help us to connect to you just like the little puppy lays next to the dad and there's full trust and there's full faith. Um, and there's excitement about the future. Help us, Lord, to just be right next to our heavenly parent and God, know that you love us and you want what's best for us and Lord we also pray that uh, you know there's this invitation to, to follow you and that we'll do that and sometimes Lord it takes uh, sitting in the kitchen and looking out the window for hours until the right moment to have the, the right prayer at the right time or sometimes it's uh, giving up something that has, has meant so much to us but we know that it's, it's not our future God, help us to, to follow you. And God, you've, you've equipped us to be witnesses. Help, help us to tell the story. Help us to share our experience. Uh, Lord, help us to ask good questions and just give us the eyes to, to see people the way that you see them and help us to love them in the way that Jesus loved them. And Lord, you're leading all of us to be your ambassadors. Give us that passion. Um, help us be more passionate about you than we are everything else. And Lord, uh, I, I just pray right now that... Um, as people look at the water's edge, that we're going to make it really easy for others to, to believe in God and to follow Jesus. So, Lord, uh, in one voice, we come together as, as one church, and we pray the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All who are thirsty
lot about invitation today, and we know that the greatest invitation is the symbol of that cross. Christ was here for us. One of his ambassadors invited each of us here to be together today online and in, in sanctuary with us. As you go out this week, we pray that part of your prayer time will be dedicated to who you will invite this week. We've inserted a card that you can share with people, and there's a QR code to pass that on. And also, don't forget your study guide, and we will see you right here next week at the Water's Edge.